Hello everybody, welcome back to the Precision Unloaded podcast. You're joined once again by Mark and Graham. Good evening, Mark. Evening, Graham. Uh, we were mentioned an episode last week, but due to several reasons that did not happen. Um, believe it's it or not, we, we can blame the Hawks Bay flood, floods. But anyway. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so how climate, are you? Climate change. Yes, so <laughs> you're the climate solution, aren't you, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Kill how you been? The animals, Graham. That's yeah, the answer. How you been? Have you been out? Have you been out uh, dealing to the local um, pig population? Yeah. Uh, finally, I've been tra- on the trail of some for a while. And no matter what time I go out, they don't seem to be there. So I end up last night at midnight. Got onto them finally. So. So you went purposely out that late. Yeah. Yeah, and just sat by the duck pond. Oh, plus there was an all-night rave up the road, so I thought I'd just keep an eye on the road. Oh, yes. <clears throat> yes. 300 people. Was there? Mm. Up there? Yep. Past bows. That's interesting. Um, I'm surprised you weren't at the rave. Yeah, I was invited, because I went in my generator. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I... Uh, they said it was a backup to the backup. Surely we won't use it. So I went back at 9.30 this morning to pick it up. And I got there and they were, the generator was plugged in and they were still uns, uns, They were still so, going? Yeah. Wow. And so I, I ran into a couple of people I knew who were um, wide awake at that time of day after going since, uh, what did they start, you say? 10 o'clock or something in the morning? Oh, well, that's, um, man, that's definitely not chemically induced. Anyway, <clears throat> so these piggies. Yeah. You had to sit out in the middle of the night. They've been avoiding you, eh? Yeah, yeah, so... I think while I was away in the Hawke's Bay, they um, turned up in the valley near my house, down this end of the road, So, which they do periodically, but they'd been rooting out the paddock all over the show, but I sort of couldn't get onto them. And, um, yeah, so I sort of I sat there one night for about three hours, so boring myself senseless, and they never turned up, so I thought, oh, well, maybe they've moved on. Um, but then the next day... My mate was there fencing, and he said, no, no, there was fresh rooting beside my tractor, which was parked around the corner of the valley, so I was like, oh, great, well, they're still there, just, so I said, right, i got to go out later then, so, and sure enough, midnight, I sort of turned on the thermal and could see one about 400 metres away at the valley, so I just basically drove in a bit, and then walked the rest of the way, up, walked about 100 metres up onto a bit of a vantage point. And then there was four of them up on the left, and I couldn't see the one I saw initially, so I think it might have been a bigger one that got wind of me. But And then so I just decked the biggest one I could see, and then the other two I managed to smack in the swamp as they tried to run away. So it was a good three out of four, but I had to go back again and try and nab the last one or two. I saw four plus, yeah, so... But no, they were all right, good size. Um, both sows full of piglets so sweet good. so that was that were you were using the um sig cross yeah so the six five creedmoor sig cross with the um which i've sort of been testing out a bit for hunting later on which i swapped scopes back and forth on so so it went well it's good it's just the only thing is the barrel's really long and the suppressor heat flares into the thermal image have you got a cover on that suppressor no, I've got to get one. I've had a few people. I have a cover give here. Give me some advice. Work. It's a ver- it's a slim suppressor. That's all. Yeah, I've got one here. Because it's titanium. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now mm. we can make it work. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, no, that, 
someone said that the other day and I was like, oh, that's obvious. Um, I did, I've had suppressor covers before, but they normally got shot off the end of the gun. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> why I don't slip, use them. When they slip forward, I was like, oh, where'd that go? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. Oh, yes. um, so, yeah, other than that, not a lot of, uh, there's a few bits of sign around where they're coming in from one side of the farm anyway, but once again, I've been out after mustering in the evenings and yeah, nothing to be seen, so they must be coming out real late, but anyway. And those ones in the valley, obviously Tom managed to knock a few over, literally. Yep. Literally. Um, but I still, once again, they're still there somewhere, because there's more rooting down the valley. I think um, you need to quietly walk along there, instead of yeah, driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I often get to that corner and go, nah, keep driving. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I did think about bringing the 303 for a walk along there, but... Yeah, it'd I'm, be worth it. Well, I've, I've sort of made a, a plan to go to to our friend's place, his block. Oh, yeah. The pig farm, so to speak. Yep. Um, and that seems like a lot less work. I'm just going to sound like a lazy piece of shit, but... I'm Yeah, we'll probably head out there. Yeah. At some point in the next few months. Um, but no, other than that, I've been enjoying sneaking around with the nine mil so it's encouraging me to sneak up on stuff so yesterday afternoon i got onto some goats about half a dozen um you know between the mile the hill that's beside the mile to a degree where the yep. 1.2k target was yep. yeah so there's some up on there i could see them with the thermal from the other side so during the day so i just snuck around climbed to the top of the hill did you and, wow and just yeah <laughs> this is a shock <clears throat> eventually took a while um and just walked over the top and got them all within about 20 meters shooting down onto them yeah oh yeah nice not a chance eh? no not a chance um handy handy little gun so what is the sorry so for people um, oh sorry yeah so it's a nine mil straight pull from gbc gun and bell customs and rotorua um has a 10 round proprietary mag 16 inch barrel and I'm just yeah, so it's just got a red loophole red dot on it. That now that red dot on it is interesting. Yeah. Would you be better to put your hollow sun and magnifier on it? Yeah, so the better solution is which I will do is um swap a hollow sun uh red dot, which is not a not a tube one, the um you know, bonnet ones. Yeah. Um, with that magnifier, because it does does need the sort of shooting I'm doing, yeah, I'm getting a bit blind for shooting over 100 metres with just a zero magnification red dot. Yeah, that because that was on... I used it once for a possum rifle series event on the... On the um, 10 yeah, the magnifier, yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. But, well, possums are in <clears throat> pretty close, but when, when it's about 30 metres up a tree or something, 20 metres, you just flick that magnifier on at night and... Yeah. It was um, it was good. Not, not Obviously, this isn't really the main... Um, no, no, but yeah, and, and the hollow side red dot is far superior. Yeah, that, not I'm not going to lie, that lure pole, it's, what is yeah. it? It's a, it's, it's, not, only a, it's only a single dot. It's, it's a pretty average, especially for the price. And it can look a bit flary and yeah. rubbish, but the hollow side one, with the, it's got a circle with a dot, which is yeah. great for Check. acquisition. Turns out the communists make a better red dot than the Americans, though. Yeah, yeah, well, they're pretty well rated and... and it survived a drop just <laughs> it was brand new it survived a drop yeah yeah <laughs> bloody take down 22s you know 
Oh, you've been busy then, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and just getting ready to go away for a bit of a seeker shoot end of the week. So, this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Nice. How long are you away for? Uh, three nights. Yeah, wicked man. Wicked. Anyway, fingers crossed. Hey, I, will they maybe be making noise by then? Huh? They won't be making noise then, will they? I seem to be. Uh, I don't know. Find out. I've really only been. Yeah, to be honest, I've been seeker hunting mostly in December, so. So it'll just be just like December then? Yep. Yep, <laughs> luck of the draw. <laughs> at least if you find one, it'll have antler. Yeah, well, at least I'm not such a much of a drunk anymore, so I normally shoot a few more than I used to. Yeah, being able to, you know, wake up in the day is beneficial. <laughs> All right, so the point of this podcast, after we've, day talked, drinking. after we've talked now for nine minutes about day drinking raves and um shooting pregnant pigs is the gpre gpre gillis practical rifle events hunters match we shot a week and a half two weeks ago so this takes place in tarata uh, same place as the um, the tarata practical rifle match and teams match and also the speed vs precision 22 um uh, and it's largely where the speed versus precision 22 match is yes so course of fire wise yeah this is um again a hunter's match so the idea is that you're it's coming to the raw you're getting <clears throat> get a bit of familiar familiarity with your hunting rifle again before um uh, what would be considered the hunting season in new zealand kicks off not that we have one really um and so the idea is uh, lighter weight rifles um lower round counts uh stuff like that so um I think there's a max weight of is it 12 pounds or 5 kilos I think is the max weight um, uh, no target barrels stuff like that so like it's just you're not competing with your 6GT or your 6 well, your, your race gun is, is for your traditional sort of guns as I look at a picture of the gun I run and, but anyway uh, yeah yes yes yeah I like it which, lead, which leads us on to our next topic Graham <clears throat> So what, what, okay, we'll start with you. So so what rifle and setup did you take, Graham, okay, and why? So, so this is, hunting guns have changed from uh, Grandad's uh, Model 70 Winchester, but, so I took the 260 Remington Tika, uh, sort of lightweight profile barrel. So that was a T3? T3, one of the older ones, yeah, yep. 260 yep. Remington, and a MDT HNT26 hunting chassis. Uh, this, is, this is where that line gets blurred, and... It's, it's, it's actually it's actually too lightweight in my opinion so these are a magnesium um, sort of main um, chassis piece then with a carbon fiber fore and carbon fiber buttstock and pistol grip etc um, just drops the weight of the rifle right down in essence no difference from running like a, a what was Ken Henderson stock uh, which you call something else now because Hardy owns it um, this just looks a bit more modern uh, it's also a folding stock a, I'm going to give props to MDT here. The nicest folder I've yeah. ever seen on anything is the one that comes on this rifle. It is just brilliant. Uh, Backlands, car fiber bipod. And then <laughs> what happened, we put all this stuff on it, and then the gun ended up being far too light. And it was quite hard to shoot with the Zeiss scope on it, so we chucked a uh, Vortex Strike Eagle on top. You're just very used to shooting heavy guns, Graham. That's I, I am. So this this took me, I come up to your place, or what did we do, about a week before the event? Three to, oh, a couple of days. I took a day off work when I was yeah. working. And um, 
um, we did a bit of practice. And it just took a little bit of time just to get used to um, recoil on such a light system. So I think it's coming in at about eight pounds, uh, even with the bigger scope. And purely because it's what I had, it's got Ordure rings on it, which look ridiculous, but they don't actually give me an advantage. They just yeah. So you're saying it was too light, so you did what you put on the bigger scope. Yeah, just to chuck another pounds with the weight on it. Strike eagle, yeah. Yeah, and then so yeah, so that was a setup. Uh, it looked alright. Uh, frick, it looks alright. It's cool. It, I cannot shoot it as well in this chassis as I could the factory ticker stock hmm. with the lightweight. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but they're not. Um, I, but but oh, I'm still shooting like three quarter minute of angle. It's fine. It's not a lot of weight difference between the factory stock, though. Is there? Is there? Uh, yeah. mm, well, like it's got a, a steel um, uh, aluminium. It's ooh. I know. I drop. I think I dropped once it was together, and with the lighter bipod, it dropped like maybe a pound and a half or something. Yeah, it was a bit. And I mean, also, those bipods are featherweight things. So the, the bipod is lightweight. It's, What's the can on it? DPT. Oh yeah, so it's standard DPT. Yeah. So that was. Um, Anyway, enough excuses about it. It was that, no, it was it's a cool gun. Run a five round mag just for that. Um, that's what it hunts with, right? You can run a ten, but we run five. Well, if I'm shooting goats, run tens um, or threes. I don't have a three. You have some threes. I have the three, yeah, yeah. which fits it. Yeah, a three. A three would be which is a flush. Yeah. Oh yes, that's good. That's idea. why they did it. Yeah, because you run a three also on the waypoint, don't you? Yeah, it runs the same mag. So, so this is, I guess, if you, for people who don't know, like similar, maybe in regards to like carbon light or a, mm. or a, or a, 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 a spring for a waypoint, um, yeah. Okay, so I might just say how it went. The gun shot pretty good. The bipod yeah. I don't like. Yeah. And people are going to not be happy with me saying that, but the those bipods, the Backlands bipods, are a waste of eight hundred dollars. I got to say it. Like they are expensive, man. Um, it's cool. It's lightweight. Yeah. But okay. What about purpose? If you are shooting one, no, I'd buy the mountain one, gear. One key shot. I'd no? buy the mountain gear one. It's a similar price. Made oh, yeah. New Zealand. It's a, the, the mountain gear one's essentially like a lightweight carbon fiber titanium, I think, version of a Skypod, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's I and they these <laughs> they're two social media accounts. I see them bicker at each other sometimes. That's just my opinion. I'm not a mountain hunter. But um, I would pick. It's it's more so the mounting system. It's quite floppy. It's like a quick detach, and it's it's just it's got a bit of, a bit of slop on it, and the legs are fine. <clears throat> How they pivot's fine, but it's just and then when you detach when you attach it to the rifle, you got to push this thingy in, and it can be quite difficult. Um, yeah, I actually think most people just a Harris will be fine unless you're walking like fifty miles and you need a shed like a pound. Or half a pound whatever it is but um again i'm not an expert on lightweight rifles so take that with a grain of salt but anyway mark because <clears throat> your setup was far more interesting than mine for several reasons yeah for a pre-raw deer hunting match yes. <laughs> well no so we hunt uh <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot some fellow deer with that gun so all right so what rifle setup so rifle scope everything did you take mark and why uh so basically i decided to Shoot with the semi-auto, so the largest one I can possibly do under current 
rules and regs as a 17 wisdom. So, um, rimfire for those, yeah, rimfire. It's a 17 wisdom, which is for the police who are listening. It's a rimfire case, yeah, based on nail gun blank. Um, and it's a jarred rifle, which is uh, basically a AR 15 pattern, but obviously with nothing that can be interchangeable. An AR 15 lookalike, yeah. So it's not you can't convert it into anything. So, which is why they brought them into the country. And uh, thanks to Guns NZ who supply them and sell them, um, they're available and they've sold quite a few to pest controllers and things. So it's a J seventy two for those. Who yeah, are, this is a Gen yeah. three we have, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So basically, comes with two ten round mags. Um, it comes with one ten round mag. Two. Yeah, I just got a second one. Yeah, I know, but it's, I mean, I've had yep. two 10 round mags. Mm. Um, obviously, it's a flat rail on top, so basically just chucked on my high rings with a 2 to 12 BDX scope. Um, it flings 20 and 25 grain projectiles, and ammo is a bit tricky to get. I had quite a bit sitting around from another gun I've got. Um, of the 20 grain Winchester ammo and 25 grain uh, but as uh, we've noticed it can be a bit iffy as some of the rounds just don't go off like you can put them through three or four times and you know like with 22 ammo for example often they'll go off after a couple of goes you know through the gun after waiting a bit uh, this stuff yeah say every one in ten rounds just will misfire and not not detonate so so not um, misfire they, they are duds duds whatever dud yep um but that's uh, it's, we i knew that originally because you know it's not an old round and some of the early batches and for quite a while the manufacturing wasn't as good they reckon a lot of the ammo you can get now is a, a lot more reliable overall because it'll have because um, when playing with it like you like you say it'll have a, a real heavy primus strike on it yeah and it, occasionally it'll to, go off on second shot with something we shoot five times the round won't go off no nothing to do with the um yeah it's not it's not a a gun related issue with this yeah yeah um, we just need to get some fresher ammo i guess yeah 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 which i'm now running out of the other stuff so um the 20 grain ammo goes on the box 3000 feet per second so and in that configuration we're getting 2920 feet per second with 20 grand ammo so it was along for a tiny little projectile but it obviously uh drifts with the wind a bit so we did a bit of testing as we said coming up uh and i managed to hit 370 meters repeatable with it with a bit of a side breeze but certainly on a 200 millimeter square plate yeah yeah Pretty um, pretty small for that that cartridge. Yeah, and I think you were holding <laughs> maybe an inch or so off centre, and I was like a foot off the plate, so yeah. it shows you between a yeah what it was drifting. So it's my only concern was that adjusting for the wind and um, and the BDX scope. Um, I was just basically going to put a holdovers in. For whatever the stage said distance wise and we got there and range finders and distances were not allowed <laughs> oh that is right <clears throat> so yeah. because what what happened was 
alongside like, Hunter. Because <laughs> this really handicapped you because you don't have a good um, point blank zero on that gun. No. Uh, alongside Hunter class of events, this event, Simon also ran a service class, so for essentially the same rules as Super Steel, as issued um, military bolt actions. And uh, I actually competed in both, but there's pr- not a lot of point me talking about my service no. rifle results because I, I even zeroed a stage. Um, but... But the issue, when we run service rifle, um, so super steel, we do not give ranges because there was not practical range finding equipment back then. I understand there was range finding equipment, but just not practical for the everyday soldier. So, <laughs> so Simon said the other day, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, we normally give distances, but because there's service class, we're not going to because it'll just, like, obviously, they'll just be able to look up at the, the section of the thing for Hunter and see the distances. <clears throat> um so we ran no no known distances and we were not allowed to range the targets but yeah this match doesn't go very far i think the max target was well, i don't actually know but i'm guessing around 350 380 meters yeah that's a thing from previous years shooting it i sort of had a reasonable idea where the longest range would be i think it's 300 and something yep yeah, and then a lot of it you can sort of think, well, it's inside 200 meters, right? So, yeah. um, I that, I kind of enjoyed that shooting the 260, albeit a very t- slow 260. Um, it's, uh, you have a bit of a guess, and you're generally going to be within like yeah, just up and down. For me, with the tiny projectiles, I had a bit more. I wanted a more accurate system, so yes, I would have agree. It was it was a crutch for you. So I end up. I mean, it was zeroed at 150 because I was trying to give myself the flattest overall trajectory out to 200, basically. So, and at that, it was basically three inches lower at 200, and at 250, basically nine inches. So yeah, it was all doable. So all I did was set um holdovers for 200, 250, 300, 350, and work with that, and just did my best to estimate. You just left those in there all day, those holdovers. Yeah. Yeah. Because cool. I was basically uh, 100 meters, um, it was shooting, you know, 20 mils high, sort of thing. So it was fine, you know. 20 millimeters high. Yeah. Yeah. And 50, 50 meters was basically bang on, 150 obviously. Yeah. So that worked out. Um, and I knew anywhere out from 170 to 200, then you know you're only one inch to three inches difference. So. So it wasn't what was too bad? What was your <clears throat> What were you, okay, let's we use your favourite stages. What were your two favourite stages? If you had uh, two favourites. I don't know if I had two. Uh, I definitely had the first stage, which I did well on, um, was which the hostage stage. So there's a, a little wee target at 100, like it was just 100 miller or something, and then there was yep. an intermediate target at like, it would have been two... Somewhere, yeah. 200, oh, not one that far. Um, and then, oh, maybe 200 metres. And then... Then there's another one not much further up the hill, which was a no-shoot. The idea being that maybe it was a couple of fawns yeah. and your stag was standing between them. Um, how'd you go on that? Yeah, so I basically got through to the hostage and hit it the first shot, no problem. Didn't you know, hit the right target, not the wrong target. And then the last shot I missed. So I basically, you know, first stage with that thing, I was, it was probably my, my best stage of the day. So sorry, on the, on the last I only target, dropped one shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, didn't, you didn't get a hostage. No, I didn't hit the hostage, yep. and I hit, the, I hit one, one hit, and didn't get the second hit on the on the the target behind the hostages. So, 
I guess because yeah. you, you would have been struggling to tell with that little projectile whether you hit top of plate or bottom of plate too. No, well, I, I could see I hit it, but my spotters couldn't. So, um, yeah. not that I was cheating, but um, um, the, the sound is really muted and the, the movement is obviously not much. It does, but... it does not, and those heavier steel plates, it does not hit them hard. No. No. It's, it's uh, there, but if there's other gunfire on the range, is in different stages operating, you will struggle yeah. to make out those little hits. Yeah, so you know, but the ten round mags on you, I had gonna have miss uh, duds, um, so I just ejected and carried on whenever I had a dud. So with ten rounds in it, it was fine. You know, because a lot of the stages were only four to six rounds because of being a hunter's, you know, typical hunting gun type setup. Um, in terms of just not instead of ten round stages or twelve round stages. So I didn't have any any issues operationally with the gun. Just kept ejecting it. So what was your dud. what was your second favorite stage? Um, probably the paper, short range one stage. Did you just go tap three. tap real quick? <laughs> no, I just yeah I, I think I got my first two, but then I you know, I ran back to the mark and came back and um so this is basically a stage where you got paper about 10 to 12 metres away probably down a hill and you got to load your mag and well, there was no loading the mag this year there was prep time was prep time I'm not actually sure why we had prep time yeah anyway so you basically got ready you could get up and ready and ready to fire so I just had to do you know it's a good one for hide over bore and reminding everyone to move you know to sort that out in their mind before they start and um, then I came back in my last two shots I just clipped the you know just off the edge of the bottom of the circle so I don't know what happened yeah but it was I don't know I did alright and then I can't really yeah the mover I hit the mover once um that's you hit with the wizard yeah shit not bad uh mainly because I thought right there's a long so the mover had the longest target of the day or one of them um out by a tree and then you came back to a shorter target as soon as you shot the shorter target the mover started down the hill they released the mover so I knew I'd have uh, yeah sort of no chance in hell of seeing any splash out of the long target so I just took one shot at that and then moved on to the next one and then saved my rounds you would have the hit mover. the short one piece of piss yeah yeah from a sitting position yep. plonked that sitting and then I'm pretty sure I just shot sitting at the um the mover yeah yeah i um i'll <laughs> mover didn't go particularly well for me um so so anyway graham what was your favorite stage is stage again two stage six so there's only six stages per day was a yeah uh what do you have you had like a, um, a sort of a medium distance target i'm guessing around 250 odd and then one around 350 or something 380 I don't know and then again wouldn't have distances and then there's a big and a smaller like 100 meters oh there's, sorry there's a big and a small 100 meters a big and a small big and a small at like the 250 ish whatever it was and then a big and smaller sorry and then just a single target out the back so yeah I thought yeah and, oh, and two targets had to be engaged from a non-prone position so I thought, okay, I'll go prone, I'll shoot the big and small at the medium distance, and I just guessed it, the distance, yep, sweet. And uh, we were like the second people there, so there wasn't a lot of hits on the plate, so I just read the plate, you know, oh, yep, um, height's good, adjust my wind for the little target, 
the little one was reasonably small. Hit that, hit the long target, and then the, you didn't have any spare shots. This is key. <clears throat> Come back to the 100-odd 100, 100 metre stuff, and then I missed the... And I was like, yep, chuck the sling around my arm, because it's pretty tight time. And I missed my first shot at the big target, sitting, and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it was just, I pulled a stupid shot, and I just, as I pulled the trigger, I'm like, what are you flipping doing? And, and then anyway, I re-engaged it, hit it, but I didn't have a spare round for the for the, the smaller sitting target, because I was, I was pretty confident, but I just, man, I, I I rushed on the bigger target and didn't set my natural point aim and dropped a hit there, but, but cool stage, because you could shoot it, you know, like you could start on the close ones and get some points, or like, so did, you could figure out how you want to do the stage, yeah. So did you set up help you? Uh, Yeah, I just dropped the bipod, so yeah, I... I Shot the prone stuff and then um, unclipped the bipod. And shooting the lightweight rifle... Drop that heavy thing off. Yeah, that's down that heavy bipod. Um, shooting the lighter weight gun is nice. Rather than like... Standing, shoot. yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I shot it sitting. Sitting, sitting, in this sitting, case, sitting, yeah. sitting yeah, yeah. It's just, it is, that is easier, um, definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, just I made a cock up there, dropped the point. But it's still a really fun stage because you could sort of plan... Half the challenge was planning how you'd execute it. <clears throat> yeah. And then second favourite would be... Ooh, probably the, the stage two, which there's a series of trees. I think there's three mark... Three or four mark? Three mark was just positioned on the trees. It wasn't long. It was like a 100 and a 200 meter target or something. And um, But I dropped one or two hits there. I, like, just stupid. Like, the targets weren't, weren't small. Just... To be honest, the one I, I know one of them I missed. I was like, hmm, I must have clipped it branch in front of me or something because I it felt like a really clean shot on what should have been a, like an entry level target and I think I just um yeah I think I just fucking fucked it up and maybe clipped a twig in front of me because there's a bit of shit there um, yeah I think the second tree was that yeah there's a holly um, bush there <laughs> yeah. if, no, if no one was watching because yeah. we, we managed to tell a couple of people that they were going to probably yeah yeah but, but, uh, get into the foliage that was fun plenty of movement um you know, two shots, two shots, two shots, whatever it is. So, cool stage though. We've run a lot of different stages. Simon has at that position over the years, and it continues to be a good, um, a good place to shoot from. In fact, at speed precision in May, I can fairly well guarantee we'll be shooting from there again. Um, but yeah, so those were my favourite two stages. Um, I buggered up the paper. I should have got more points there. I, I hashed the mover. Um, didn't hit anything on the mover in the hunter class. I somehow did well in that stage in service rifle class. Did you get to it early enough? How do you mean? The mover. Like, on target? No, I mean, you, you know, did you get start shooting it in a position that was good? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, early enough. so yeah. I shot the long target, hit the <laughs> aimed at the wrong target, the service rifle target, so I didn't re-engage the, the, the little target for us. And then shot the, then went to a sitting position, shot the short target at like 100 odd meters 120 whatever it is and then straight away to standing zoomed back um and um to like six power <clears throat> four power whatever and then um just miss 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 and then simon sent me a video of it and i'm um i'm leading leading the target and then just before i go to shoot i jerk the rifle forward about six inches like it's a wet it's, fr it's hard to explain it's, it's quite stupid just no skill in that particular set of um, required skills, I guess. Just no skill. 
just not good <laughs> and um i managed to like a hit on the mover and service class with the 303 but not with the hunting rifle yeah yeah but cool hard, hard like the two targets aren't that hard like the sitting shots mm, medium difficulty like i i me and you probably not that bad right because we do a bit of that stuff the long shot pretty easy apart from the judging distance for some but then yes. that mover man that mover is a um it's hard um, I, I, I don't know how to get better at that. Maybe l- learning how to shoot shotguns, leading things. But I don't know. Um, Simon, I don't know, we'll figure it out. I'll get some lessons or some some shit. But um, yeah. But uh, okay. So, what do you think, Mark? What do you? Th- and, and obviously, you you handicap yourself slightly taking the wood of them, like. It's really fun shooting a semi in, in, in a, a larger format competition again, um, but it's got its limitations due to um, draconian laws. But what do you think you could improve on next time for this style of match, excluding taking a six five? Because um, you would have been better with one of your million carbon fiber hunting guns. Yes, yes. Uh, no, I probably wouldn't change. I mean if i knew the rules in advance i probably would have changed scopes probably yeah so that's about all as um, in what scope would you... oh just anything with a christmas tree um so, so you can, can yeah yeah okay yeah yeah and then just in my mind have the distances you know of where i need to be holding um no it probably wouldn't make that much difference um other than that no i, did, I would never I, yeah where did i just simple mistakes made basically um probably take a proper spotter for someone to look through because it's just so hard to see where it's going um it helps if you doesn't if you don't miss so that's fine so it wasn't actually too bad on some of the things to, to see where it was going um because those little things do detonate they're splashing like a, are they yeah they're like a varmint thin jacketed thing so they, they tend to blow up so you see, see a bit more than you'd think oh that's neat I haven't done much I've only really shot goats with it so yeah yeah so yeah no scope's good suppressor's good um I just had a magpul bipod on it which is oh I've love. seen that in the photos gosh but it's it's easy to operate and attach and take off again so I just dropped it off when I didn't need it yep. so I was going to shoot off a bag, but um, or a backpack, sorry, but just the mag is quite a bit longer and true. You'd need quite a big. You need like a hiking backpack. It just makes it a little bit more awkward. If it was a hunting gun with a flush mag, you yeah, you wouldn't have an issue with that. Which I do. I shoot off backpacks a lot doing that rather than taking a bipod at all. But just with that pattern of rifle, yeah, the the bag shooting off a day pack is a bit more awkward to a degree. Yeah. So, no, that, that's about all. And just get some better ammo. As in new ammo. Yeah. And test it out a bit. And, yeah. Um, I think Hornady stopped making it. So, there's the, the end of the line for that. It's only really Winchester supporting it because it's their round. They invented it. Shit, we better buy about 20,000 rounds then. <laughs> when it goes yeah, away. Yeah, it's not overly... Uh, I was looking at the packets I had, which are about... F- quite a you know number of years old 
Um, back then it was like forty four bucks for fifty. So what? <laughs> it's more yeah, than two. Exactly. But uh, hey, if, if you seventeen wanna... HMRs, seventeen HMRs would be a lot more interesting <clears throat> price wise. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Uh, all right. But, I mean, Wallaby colours and that use it. So um, it's been. I we know obviously yeah. the industry chat that that's been very popular for um, Wallaby work. Yeah. I, I imagine they do it for a lot of nighttime stuff too, off the back of trucks yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, hats off to them. It's very hard to get a, a, a room fire little cartridge like that functioning well on a semi-auto to a degree. Um, it's not as easy as a you know standard centerfire cartridge. So I've had no issues really with its um, cycling or anything. And you just got to keep it just, clean, eh? Yeah, and yeah, you just got to make sure you do keep it clean and just the duds. Um, you just get used to it quickly ejecting and then scratching around the ground to find them. <laughs> Yeah, just abandon. So that that's that. Uh, yeah, I mean it's certainly something I'd use for um, culling work on the farm. No problem. Where I need, like the scenario I talked about with the goats before, would have been even better than than the nine mil. Just because oh, it was short, short, yeah, short range, and um, just I'm, doing head, head gonna, shots. I'm sure. When I go out to the pig the, the pig property, I'm going to take it out there. Yeah, and try and um, find a reasonable bore or anything really, and just yeah, inside sensible distances, obviously. Um, and then I kind of want to shoot a fallow or a red deer with it too. Again, inside closer distances and like neck shot sort of stuff. Um, I think it should be kind of good. Again, this isn't going to be a three hundred meter shot; it's going to be a hundred meter shot or closer. So. Um, so my 303 will be the long range weapon and the wisdom will be the short range gun but yeah so yeah, it's, st- it's still you know out to the range like that it's still doing 2500 feet per second at 80 meters so it's a it's whizzing along so yeah that's pretty good eh? so so graham how did your setup go and what would you do differently next time going in apart from um Getting more. a different bipod, maybe. <laughs> no, bi- bipod wasn't a handicap. It was just, um, just a. Uh, it, it, it's a Harris would do the same thing, and you'd save you a bit of money. Anyway, what are the what are the attachments underneath those stocks? The HNTs. I think it's a, sl- a sling swivel stud, which this attaches to with a special little doodah. Oh, there is actually one, isn't there? And then there's there's M lock slots. Yeah. These are available with a carbon fiber arcer rail also. Yeah, which I didn't order. Which so. I'm sure would probably be okay. It, it makes seems, it a fraction it makes it a fraction heavier from what I remember. It seems weird. But um, but it must be strong, they wouldn't have sold it if it wasn't. Yeah, I just think it's gonna it's just, yeah. I'd rather have aluminium or something else. So what, a, for for an arcer rail. I just, yeah, I mean it's it's strong and directionally, but but for other things I don't know if it's that strong. Not for I don't it. think it's good for crushing. I don't, yeah, I don't exactly. know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a no. You're not an I tell you what, engineer. Next time we go to when we're in Auckland, we'll talk to our yeah. old mate from Rocket Labs, who's a carbon fiber specialist. Yes, and I'll put this to bed. So, what would I improve on? Uh, you mentioned earlier um, height over bore. I went into this match without being familiar with the. Hide over bore in this rifle right. to the point on the Friday night. I thought, man, I really should have checked that at Mark's the other day. Um, and I dropped a couple points on the paper stage. And also, when I shot it, I didn't correct well, like I was 
sort of not lift, like oh shit it's quite a lot lower than I thought I didn't bring it up enough each time um, just, it's such a gimme stage and people still it's, yeah and I'm usually reasonable with it and that, that costs me big time um, so improve uh, go back to basics this is going to be with 22 obviously because we've got a lot of 22 massive amount of 22 coming up in fact we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of this um, but 22 uh, with the MPA even with this I'm just going to get that back to um, that basic skill back of shooting 10 meter <laughs> and then also um, maybe just a little bit more work on my natural point aim when in like sitting sling supported um, it went okay but again if I had have taken a wee bit more time I think I could have taken another hit um, and, and people go oh it's just one hit there but I mean it's, in the end of the day it's what um, there's a difference between winning right so Anyway, um, yeah, I just need to tidy a few things up. Range estimation was good. Um, shooting the lighter, lighter gun by the end of the day was going pretty well. Um, I was using holdover for pretty much everything, not using the dial. That was good. Um, yeah, I, I'd, reasonably happy. And then I'm not. I'm not the, the it's a pretty good, reti- pretty good reticle for that in that those it, scopes. It yeah. is. A, it is a pretty good scope. Um, the EBR seven C or whatever it yeah, is. It's, 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 I, yeah, it's pretty good. It's 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 fine. Um, they're they're okay scope, not bad. Pretty good value actually. Um, so have you taken this thing hunting? Yes, I've shot in the carbon fiber setup. Yeah, I've shot like fifteen goats. Oh, good. <laughs> you should um, go and shoot something more serious with it then. No, but the, the trouble is, Mark. The trouble is, ah, three oh three is here. I go. take the three oh three. Like all going well, I'm going to shoot a red stag in a month with a 303. Probably a fellow buck in a similar amount of time with a 303. And a possum, the big trifecta. I don't think I've shot a possum with a 303. Oh. You know what we're doing a couple of weeks. <laughs> we're going to do that. Um, no, you're right, I should. What? You're dead right. This is essentially, it sits in the safe. You know what it's like, these expensive lightweight hunting guns and we just it's been built for a purpose and yep. it needs 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 it needs exercise okay i'll i'll shoot i'll tell you what i'll shoot a deer and a pig this year with it okay right there you go. i've made a commitment so and by the end of the year you can ask me and i'll let you down yeah i'm sure i'll remember <laughs> no, i'm sure you will yeah but yeah um again i just a couple it's just a little few mistakes um the mover aside that was i don't have those skills so uh, how could I improve those? Learn everything um, for a standing mover. Um, it's a, I think the, the, to me the mover is a confidence thing. So it's for those uh, Aussie and US listeners because we get quite a few. This isn't like a set mover that moves in a left to right pattern at a known speed on a a flat range. This mover. Oh, the, the range doesn't change too much, but it's, it, it starts and it gains... It's essentially on a set of rollers, so it gains velocity as it comes down the hill. Yeah. And it passes. It also passes behind several large trees, so you, you're following it, and then you lose it. You're like, fuck, 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 and then you come back. You're like, oh, there it is again. You've got to try to start the, the, the sort of smooth movement again. Um, again, we, we do a lot of things different here in this side of the world, this part of the world, so the movers... Well, really, only GPRE does movers. They are interesting. They're hard. And the target was... I wasn't that small. Was it like a 
shit was it's probably it's, it's probably only like 60 meters away it's actually a plastic target that hangs off the mover and for that reason is we don't shoot steel under 100 meters away um, and it's painted brown and the idea is if you hit it when it gets to its stop point you go down there and you can actually see the impacts on the plastic quite easily it chips the paint um, but anyway I have very little skill there I managed to fluke two hits on it last year um, but this year I was hoping for a fluke and uh, it turns out <laughs> I was a ways away so yeah anyway so you've already sort of covered how the wisdom went uh, the gun's pretty fun to shoot it's pretty cool shooting a uh, a semi-automatic with a bit of grunt again like even when we're just slapping steel at 100 200 meters like being able to rapidly engage yeah something with a bit of uh, i mean yeah we've got 22 lr and 20 magnum semis but like this is this hits pretty hard at these close distances right it's going fast again little yeah. projectile but it's going fast so um for culling work on the farm uh, obviously you do a lot of culling more than most we know for practical distances you're enjoying it like nine mil year but having that semi-automatic um capability yeah the nine mil's just like shooting a 22 at a long range it's got that 1350 feet per second so you know sort of a high velocity 22 round big big 22 and, and big arc yeah exactly just lobbing in there i mean i've been all right at 200 meters with it but you know magnification would help so yeah, I mean, the wisdom just gives you that versatility and you can attack a few other things as well in terms of rabbits, um, plovers, whatever else is annoying you at the time. Um, magpies. Mag- magpies, yeah, all year. Yeah, and, and, that, and that flat, you know, 200 yeah. metre um, thing means you don't have to really think too much about it. It's start, just start smacking away. And on goats, yeah, it's fine, just make sure you just do your first few headshots and then often they're running away by then so yeah sort of neck neck should work pretty good too eh yeah and or or, or you know when they're at 50 meters and behind the shoulders fine i probably yeah. wouldn't try drive through the shoulder with that little bullet maybe at close yeah range. I'm, I'm a bit instinctual i mean what is it no was it <sighs> habit so I often just say in there anyways. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna dust them up, man. But if if you're pushing like past hundred meters, like to hundred and fifty, yeah, you really need to be expanding in the organs, not the yeah. um, not the bone. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's the thing, knowing the limitation of the cartridge. This is not a no. It's, it's it's fine. It, it's stationary shots. We've got the advantage in terms of the animal not so, knowing. It's fine. It adds to quite a range. But moving shots, in then you sort of, yeah. So we, uh, a few weeks back, we did, we, a bunch of us were side-by-siding around, and we, <laughs> we come across a mob on um, a, another part of your property we don't often go to, and I <laughs> I didn't have any mags for it wasn't loaded up. And you, you guys are in the side-by-sides in front of us. You pull up. I see you scurrying about. I'm like, oh, there must be two or three goats. And I look over the bank, there's about, I don't know, 20-something, 25, 30 goats. There's a heap of goats at, like, 20 metres and like so they start banging away with <clears throat> the two two threes and i'm going carl load the mag get them he's I'm like load the mag so he brings the mags over and he's or something and i was like no we need to load them so we're trying to lo- load these freaking mags up we're in like the best opportunity for the wisdom that we've had yet and i didn't have it ready to go i was a bit gutted um i managed to get it loaded and by that point i just sort of um shot a few stragglers that were uh, uh limping a bit but um 
I have to say they're the nicest mags for the weirdest gun. Big, they're big uh, heavy duty thing, aren't they? Yeah, they're very heavy aluminium and they look a bit counterintuitive. It almost looks like you have to be the other way around when you load them, the yeah, way it's been yeah, set up. Yeah. So you often find yourself, oh, back to front. Anyway, and so you load them. And I, yeah, I think they feed well and they're easy, easy mags to load. Um, they are machined out of a solid piece of aluminium. Yeah. yeah. So they're not a pressed. Um, no. Like a conventional AR-15 mag, which will now get you arrested. Um, these are, yeah, hence why they are they're like a couple hundred dollars each to buy because they're yeah. so damn expensive to make. But I think they're pretty crucial to the functioning smoothly of the gun. Do you know what I mean? That there's obviously, yeah, it's not as sloppy as a polymer one or a, you know, mag because it's got to be pretty. That bullet's got to be right on, you know, spot in terms of feeding well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because we haven't had, um, apart from, again, when we got it a bit dirty, started running slow. But um, as for picking up rounds and, no, it's fine. and ejecting, yep. that's been fine. So it's just, um, but yeah, if you, if you, again, these setups, um, they do run quite fouled up. They get fouled up, so especially suppressed. So get to that 150 turn around mark, clean the chamber. Um, I mean, you can push patch through the barrel as well. But clean that, just keep that chamber clean and, and keep the bolt well greased up and they'll function fine. Um, you, it's probably not like a Ruger 1022 where you get up to like man I've done 9,000 rounds now without cleaning it you look inside it and it's just a fucking it looks like you've just poured like gunpowder all through it it's all full of grease and shit keep them clean they're, ex- they're expensive guns and they'll you look after it it'll work well would be what I'm getting at now to make yeah, a short story long you just pop the pins out and they're easy to open up and get into <clears> so. yeah yeah no it's, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it again uh going to try to do some real um maybe take a few um meat animals with it um and then a, a, maybe a a piggy or two um i was gonna fit, i'm gonna have to start doing this some of this shit after work because i'm running out of time for everything but um it's a cool <laughs> cartridge <laughs> it's, it's it, savings ending it would it, these guns would never be of interest if we still had ar-15s conventional ar-15s and you know centerfire semi-automatic but because we're hamstrung by um uh, anti you know, laws to stop us being terrorists, we have to sort of adapt. And, um, it, yeah, goats, if, you, if, you, if you've got a property with close range, you know, a lot of goats and you're getting up pretty close to them, this will work for you. Um, yeah, uh, but enough about 17 Wisdom. Mm. Should, so this this event, <clears throat> so Hunter Class at our event, uh, the ones Mark and I do, essentially died out. The, 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 the attendee, the attendeeship on it just got... Um, Basically, same no, same three people. Yeah, so it wasn't worth uh, on our end setting a complete second course of fire, uh, trophies, etc. Uh, GPRE still run it at Tarata, and we have Hunter class in our twenty two series. But as for center fire, um, <clears throat> this is really the main hunter match. Um, again, there's, there is there is it at, at the Tarata. Um, practical rifle match too do you think and how we would do this or when I don't fucking know do you think you and I should as in TLRS should do a hunters match at some point <clears throat> either as a standalone or added on as a side match to one of our major events yes um, definitely and basically end of spring so a summer meat hunters match oh um, the meat so, match yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, and make it dedicated roughly to like yeah to 
your standard hunting rigs setups. What you could and, do, because and make it more of a a longer distance, higher round count overall, more stages, you know, type of thing. We could. Um, uh, We've we, seen a few plenty of ideas out there. When we run the now, obviously there's NRL Hunter in the US. We cannot run matches like that. We don't. You need like three to five to ten thousand hectare properties for 100 percent blind stages for center fire it's just it's not viable for what we have access to so and the number and volunteers for africa oh and you shit so okay so again that's not what we're doing we can't yeah, yeah. we can't make that happen logistically Oof, jesus it'd be cool it'd be freaking cool but no so it'd be the same exact same format as gpre um uh, we could we could add in, uh, so obviously it's not blind, but you could do, you range your targets like we do in the team's matches. Um, you range and do your data under the clock. Yeah. Um, but we, the only place I could see ever fitting one in would be possibly the day after the um, Ahatiti round of the Spark 22 series. Yeah like on the date on the Sunday you know and then people if they've already made the trip to Taranaki say listen you know pay an extra whatever 60 bucks and on Sunday we've got a hunters match and um because that'll be about that time of year and then um shit we could even give it to a few prizes or something I don't know and we could do it on range 7 too pretty easy yeah but so, we we could look into it again these don't have to if we have 20 people we'll be happy as with 20 people like we know they don't draw the interest um we will be sh- there will be reasonably strict weight limits though for that reason what about the gun well wait weight on gun not weight on human being <laughs> yeah oh because i'd be yeah i'd be too heavy <laughs> well um, you've been you've been dieting for years i have been but it plateaued so i've started running again anyway enough about me um i think it could be cool man. like because I think roughly RTD will be for the Spark series probably like maybe October in Lambing anyway, right? Yeah. In the top when we use that range because the rest oh, of the, course, yeah, that would work. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. And so, um, <clears throat> and that's when most farms are shut down. Um, but if we did it on the second day, this is just an idea. Um, and obviously the. There's going to be camping available at RTD anyway. Um, we'll make some work, right? So if people want to come down, they can. It can be a pretty fun weekend. Um, um, but yeah, enough about oh, that because it's yes, a, a maybe. Yeah, it could be Mark's birthday shoot. It can there be. Can we can we stay at the woolshed during lambing? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Cool. Um, so this could happen. It's just an idea at this point, and I think it's pretty much all over by then. In fact, you'll be. Uh... Anyone who turns up for the shoot will have to dock a thousand lambs before we start. Oh, don't tell people. Won't you, Jeff, Jeff's not going to bloody come down that time of year ever again, is it? No, uh, we'll, we'll fall him again. <laughs> come down and go goat culling. He's got a Did I say goat culling? I, I, I meant to say docking lambs. Ta- tailing lambs, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we might as well touch on... You can keep the tails. <laughs> you can have as many as you want. That's the only delicacy I've not seen him take home from your place, as a lamb's tails. Yeah. He, he, well, we'll put some in his car when he's not looking next time. I would not accept free free meat from for a month or so after that. Then no, no, 
Yeah. Um, so minced min- min- up tails. Minced up tails. So our the twenty twenty three uh, spree precision accuracy rimfire series for spark sample yeah. yeah. um, kicks off next month in I say Auckland but it's more Port Waikato. What's the area called? Waikato. Yeah. So like you sort of go like um, northwest of Huntley, I guess. And you end up south of Bukakoi. South of Bukakoi, <laughs> you end up in, in in the part of the country not many people venture to. Maybe some people. Go to, it's, it's north of Ragland, anyway. North Kafia. Yes. Yeah, see all these places. You might find that guy who keeps stealing his kids and going in the bush. Um, oh but, yeah, he'd be around there. Yeah, he'd be around there somewhere. Um, anyway, so uh, G, uh, the gun rack are running the. They're essentially doing round one. So. What was the date of it? I think it's the 18th. Sunday. Yep, Sunday the 18th of... No, that's wrong. April. April. Um, 17th of April, I think. And anyway, it's on the internet. That's going to be round one of the Spark series. (gasps) You mean 16th, probably. (laughs) No, that's the Saturday, so it's 17th. Oh, no, that's East. No, it's the 16th. Righto. Anyway, so to put that in a final thing... It is a Sunday, the 16th of April. Oh, I'm on 2022 in my calendar. You're wrong, you Graham. You fucking idiot. Uh, yeah, Mark is correct. 16th of April. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's the uh, same place as um, GPRE's uh, previous two um, 22 competitions. And, yeah, again, this will be a Spark Series points um, round. So classes are Hunter and Rifleman as per. So that's a bit different for Jeff. He's normally done um, some variations on classes. Um, so if you want to get in early and start accumulating points for the Spark 22 series, you can do that. Uh, Easy points too. But a boatload of us will be heading up in Taranaki, um, so you can feel free to catch up with us. Round two is in May on the 20th or something. Mid-May, anyway. I've not seen any other dates, so let's not go speculating. It's No, it's announced. It's, um, oh, is it? No. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I'm going to talk about it right now. 13th of May. Is it? Mm-hmm. Are you on the page? No, I'm just looking at my calendar. Comprehensive calendar. So this event is taking place at Tarata, where we just talked about. Yep. So it's 13th of May, and that will be round two of the Spark series. So this is a mm-hmm. GPRE event. Speed versus precision. Uh, so some people from are familiar with the format, uh, this is more but not completely, more so lean towards semis, uh, faster stages, a little bit bigger targets, tight times. So that'll be on the, as you said, the uh, 13th. And then, so that'll be the round two of the Spark Series. On the Sunday, there's another 22 match. So directly after, after round two, it is not a Spark Series match. This is Swamp Brutality. Uh... Simon and and I have been talking about doing a brutality match for several years, and so Simon's um he's pushed play on it, and so uh, an hour north of Tarada, forty five minutes an hour north uh, at RTD, uh, Swamp Brutality is taking place. <clears throat> so this will be a, it's a more of a um, it's a brutal match. You're going to be in and out of creeks, swamps, climbing hills. Um, it's going to be wet, cold, muddy. Uh, fast so you're gonna again your time and your shooting score are gonna be um counted 
It's going to be really, really fun. I believe I have been earmarked as the match director for that one. So I'll be shooting the Saturday, <laughs> and, then, and then I'll be the... Um, Softing out, eh? Well, I want to see you shoot this one, Mark, in a wetsuit. No, it said immediately ruled me out because it said need reasonable level of physical fitness. <laughs> you, you'll, like, try to drive your side-by-side side into the swamp at the start of the stage and get stuck, and this won't work. <laughs> but yeah, my so shoot- this... <laughs> my shooting mat. I'll just slide around on that. Now, this match is for, again... Um, People who are a bit more physically able. Uh, I'm <laughs> now you're calling to, me disabled. I'm trying to be polite. Thanks. If you're old as and you can't move well, you will get hurt. It was essentially Thanks. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so I think there might be full already, but um, feel free to get in touch with GPRE. There will definitely be spots for speed versus precision though. And then um, sticking on, for sp- um, the, we haven't locked any of these dates in, but there'll be no spark round in June or July. Um, no, me no. being, um, we've got a. I'm going to Aussie. We're going to Aussie. So you and Mark start of June. We've got our Cinefire match end of June, July. We're going back to Aussie twice. So likely August will probably be um, pew pew, and then we'll have um, RTD in either September, October, or November. There'll also be a Hawks Bay round, all going well, and a Wanganui round spread over those three months and then end of November probably we'll hold the final which will be to be confirmed where we will hold the final yeah so for those interested in shooting the the series just like last year um, you need to complete two in the same class two point scoring rounds so if you're shooting rifleman class say you do RTD and you do pew pew and you get you're happy with your two scores from there then you can miss the rest if you wish you can still compete in them and then you'll shoot the final at the end of the year if you wish to be um, scored overall in the season. And then, again, say you do bad in one, you do bad at, at Tikarangi, uh, sorry, um, Tarata, no more Tikarangi anymore, um, you can go, well, shit, I'll, I'll do pew-pew and I'll make up for that or something. So there'll be several opportunities to make up points or just keep shooting, keep your skill up. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. We've got a few different match directors. Um, I'll just smash the first turn and wait till the final. <laughs> That's the plan, eh, Mark? Go. Yeah. Just win the first two. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yes, we're pretty excited about the series. So hopefully we'll lock in, confirm a few things about a couple of venues, and we'll lock in the last three rounds um, that haven't been roughly locked in, and um, we'll get back to everyone with that. But um, we should know in the next month or so what we're doing there. We can lock that in, and we'll have quite a big series. So it'll be five to six initial rounds and a final which is pretty exciting uh and it makes it's, it's a really good way to compete man and have some fun as, as, as room fire so um yeah it's going to be a good year competition wise um, cheap as and it, it, if you don't be silly you can do it quite cost effectively so um yeah so that's that's the plan with the spark series but you'll oh, hear more me being cost effective yeah <clears throat> that is a, no comment Uh, but yeah i think that about wraps up uh this episode of the precision unloaded podcast any last thoughts from you mark no no it's good just years starting to fill up it's already full um well yeah can add a few more things in you really want to (laughs) (laughs) um not not around carving anyway it's a farmer problem not a competitor problem hence why we have range seven yeah that's true yeah so um anyway um 
probably well, not good for Cinephile. Anyway, it's another story. It could work for a hunter's match, though. Yes, true. Yeah. It's depressed. It's depressed. All right, well, we'll, um, we'll, we'll sign off there. Thank you all right. for listening, and you'll hear from us again soon. See ya.